0: Likutei Sicha Yis, Chelek Volume 18, Second Sicha for Parshas Kairach. It's a very interesting Sicha, which primarily will be focused on the concept, the idea of Hashkocha Pratis, Divine Providence, explaining it. Also, we will learn about the special attitude, the special connection that we have to Hashem, even in times when perhaps we don't do exactly Hashem's will, or behave in a manner that is consistent with being connected to Hashem. So let's start in our parsha, In chapter 16, if you look at verse 20, 21, and 22, it says, HaShem spoke to Moshe and Aaron saying, this is after they came and they complained and they riled up the people against Moshe and Aaron, which is essentially against Hashem. And Hashem says in verse 21, He badlu v'achala Separate yourselves from this wicked congregation and I will annihilate them in an instant. The next verse tells us, So Moshe and Aaron fell on their faces and they said, God of the spirit or of the breath of all flesh, of all flesh, Is it possible that only one person sinned and an entire community you should become angry so Rashi quotes the words the heading is God the God of the spirits of the breath and Rashi is really really out to explain his objective is to explain what is it that they said they introduced this as a preface Prior to making the argument of, hey, only one man sinned, why are you about to let out your anger on everyone? So Rashi says, What does it mean? Kalalu Keharuch is the god of the spirits of the of he means that you know thoughts. Since you, you possess the connection and the control on everyone's spirit, thought is a spiritual thing. You know the thoughts. And they said, Amy Kimidas your nature, your means, is not like the means of a, a, a person of flesh and blood. A, for example, a king of flesh and blood. That some a, a part, a, a, a portion of his country, of constituents, committed an offense against him. He doesn't know who is the true sinner. He just knows that a collective of people committed an offense against him. Therefore, when he's really when he gets angry, what does he do? Nifra mikulam. He exacts punishment from everyone because he doesn't know exactly. He doesn't know how to pinpoint who is the true sinner and who's not. So he collectively lets out the anger and the punishment against you know a collective a collective of people. Avalato but you, Moshe, and I argue. Before you is revealed all thoughts. And therefore, and you truly know who is the real sinner. So it's obvious that the reason for this introduction, why Rashi introduces, uh, why, why Moshe and Aaron, Rashi is out to explain why Moshe and Aaron introduced this idea of God being the God of all spirits for all flesh to explain, as Rashi does, that this is their argument, this is their reason for saying, God, you know better, you certainly know who, you know, how to pinpoint who is the true sinner. Why? Because before you everything is revealed. However, that doesn't explain why they use the expression, lechol basar, to all flesh. In other words, it would have sufficed just for them to have said, you are the God of all spirits, right? Which means you know everything. You know all thoughts, all spiritual things. Why add the words L'chol Basar to all flesh? And another thing, Rashi in his expression says that you know, that you know your idea, you are your idea, you know, which is an active thing. You know who is the true sinner. Typically we find that the expression in Chazal in reference to Hashem's knowledge of things is, and we even say it, every time we go to the bathroom or we wake up in the morning we say it is revealed and it is known not you know but it's known before your Holiness or so before your holy uh before you before you so why does Rashi use this expression you know who's why did you say it's known to you moreover the question becomes even stronger if you think about it this way. We do find, even in reference to some other halachas, that the expression of kol basar, quote, all flesh, applies not specifically to Jews, but indeed to all flesh, meaning all human beings, including Goyim. So how would that play a role over here? How would that play a role over here? In fact, if you think about it, the only place where it would make sense is in a... Similar uh, setting, albeit not exactly the same. And that is, long ago we learned about Avraham Avinu trying to somehow find some kind of defense for the people of Saddam, trying to spare them from the a punishment that Hashem was about to exact on them. And what does he say there? He says, should the judge of all the earth not do proper justice? But he didn't use the term that the God of all flesh. It would seem to be more apropos there than here, because there he was talking about Goyim. So what is this about the emphasis over here of Kol Basar? Of all flesh? Of God being the spirit of, uh, the God of the spirits of all flesh? The answer is Moshe and Aaron's argument was, Hashem, you guide the world, you know everything, by divine providence, and therefore, you know exactly who sinned, that indeed, even though it seems that there's a whole big collective of people who made offenses against you, who did some offense against you, But however, you know because of Hashgach you certainly know who is that one specific person who brought it all about, who called it, who who made this happen. In other words, they weren't trying to dismiss the fact that the 250 men were, were out, were doing something that was not consistent with Hashem's will. But their argument was, they only committed an offense but they are not the instigators. They didn't do the actual sin. They didn't, so to speak, initiate this whole thing. They were not the conspirators. They were actually pulled into it. They were perhaps coerced into going into this or fooled to become part of it. And therefore, don't punish them. That was Moshe and Aaron's argument. And therefore, they used it. To, they they. They they said, Hashem, you know, you're the one who was able to decipher the thoughts that, of every single person, and therefore you can pinpoint who is the sinner. Now we can understand why this was not the case by Avramavino, why Avramavino did not use this argument. Rather, he only used the argument of, hey Hashem, you're the judge of all the earth, you should do you know proper justice. Because over there it wasn't a matter of trying to pinpoint who was the true sinner. Over there, it was very clear that they were all sinners. What Avraham Avinu was trying to determine was, are there any righteous people because of whose merit he can perhaps try to spare even those who sinned? That was the case over there. Okay? Now we can understand. We can answer the question of why Rashi uses the expression, you know, not it is known for you. And we'll go into an explanation, a better understanding of Ashgarha Pratis. You see, in general, there's two types of Ashgach pratis There's two types of providence that Hashem, so to speak, watches and sees the world. There's one that we call, we would call Golui V'yodua, the one we mentioned before. It is, so to speak, revealed and known to you. I would almost liken this to like, kind of like Hashem knowing the world, so to speak, on autopilot. It's something that just happens by itself. Hashem knows, but it's not in a particular manner. It's not like, if, as so to speak, as if Hashem takes a particular in- interest in the specific things. It's rather He just knows everything because He knows everything. It's almost like a superficial, all-encompassing providence. As if the details of each particular thing doesn't really play a major role. That's one kind of hashka but then there's a more specific one. There is a knowledge that Hashem has of the world, almost as if he's fully engaged, as he's actively knowing each and every detail. And this, of course, is what Rashi is Rashi's referring to over here. They ask that Hashem applies that direct and Particular Hashgach HaPratis, look directly into it, not just like a general knowledge that Hashem has of everything that goes on, because he knows everything goes on, because nothing can happen without him, but rather, so to speak, as if to put his mind to it and to decipher exactly what happened and who is who, who is the true sinner. And now the Rebbe goes into a small discussion, a, a, a short discussion about Hashkochah Pratis. A better understanding of Hashkochah Pratis will help us actually better understand this whole thing. And he, he introduces the Shita, the position of the Rambam, who, the Rambam in Moira nevuchim in the Guide for the Perplexed. Over there, the Rambam says that Hashkochah, hashkochah Protest, the divine providence, breaks down basically into the following manner. There is Hashkochah pratis to what he calls the Min mean Hanivra, meaning the the human being that hashem has a particular so to speak involved uh, uh, providence over the human beings and then there is to the rest of the cre- of creation which is tumeach, and chay the inanimate the plant life and the, and, the, and 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 animal life that hashem also of course knows about them and hashem also has providence over them but ha- albeit in a very general manner without going in so to speak to details okay Then he adds, the Rambam, that when a person sins, when a person actively separates himself from Hashem, so to speak, rips himself away from Hashem, then the Hashkacha on him, the providence on him, leaves the category of that providence, which is exclusive for the human being, and falls into the lower level of providence, which is that which Hashem watches, so to speak, Hashem sees all of the rest of creation. Okay, that's how the ramam explains it. However, there's a problem here. Because if that's the case, if this, what the Ramam is saying is true, and this is the way we hold, and this is what Hashgachah HaPratis is, then what then what Moish and Aaron asking for? Moish Aaron was saying, since you know The details, since you know each particular thing about each particular person, therefore you know that in this group of 250 men plus Koirach, it's not they that are the sinners, they're just the ones who committed offenses, but they're not the actual sinners, they're not the instigators, they're not the mastermind. Rather, there's one guy. But if they're all sinners, however you cut it, it's a sin. Whether it's an offense or an actual deliberate sinner, but they're all in the category of what the Raman describes as people who rip themselves away, tear themselves away from Hashem's providence. Thus, what are they asking when they say, please look particularly to them and see who is the actual sinner? So in order to understand this better, in order to answer this, the Rebbe brings the answer that the Mittler Rebbe gives, Rabbi Dovber Lubavitch, and he explains that the Rambam's position on Hashgacha Pratis does not contradict, does not negate the known position of the Balshemtov. We all know that the Baal Shem Tov says that Hashgacha Prates is to such an extent that it covers everything, each and everything in particular, meaning, and we all know the famous story about the leaf, even when the leaf falls off a tree and covers a worm and so on, that also is something that Hashem does. But that seems to openly negate what the Rambam says. Because the Rambam says that when it comes to all the plant life and all the other, every uh, cre- uh, all the other cre- uh, creations, except for the human being, the human being who has not sinned, that is, they all are not, so to speak, particular. So what is it? So he explains that there is two, t- the, the way you can break it down is as follows. There are two types of Hashgacha. There are two types of, uh, of 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 providence of so to speak, watch of Hashem. There is one that is an obviously active and revealed one. That means it's an it's it's a it's a it's one that is evident that you can see. It's a panimiasdika one, and then there is one that is very disclosed. It's like a hidden one. Okay, it gets so to speak hidden and diluted by nature. If you if I may. This could be also the difference between the two names of Hashem, Yud Vafke or versus Elokim. We know that Elokim is Begimatria Hateva, right? It equals and has the same numerical value of the word Hateva, which is nature. Nature is not separate from Hashem. Nature is Hashem, but it seems. In other words, its outward appearance is such that it seems to run on its own. It doesn't seem to be directly guided by Hashem. So this is how we can make the distinction. There isn't really a contradiction between the Rambam and the Baal Shem Tov. Rather, it just depends on the situation. You see, in the first one, meaning the one that we say the first type of Hashgach is, the ultimate one, in which there is a revealed and an active, so to speak, participation, an active role that Hashem plays in watching in that particular thing. There, we can say, is when a person is connected to Hashem, meaning a person hasn't sinned a person hasn't committed anything wrong then it's obvious like the ramam also said you see how it all reconciles that then there is like so to speak because it's obvious you say there is one because it's obvious that there is one it's felt however the second one is everything else meaning every everything else in creation falls under that where it's not so obvious it's not revealed it's not seen it's not felt Thus, when a person sins and tears himself away, so to speak, from that obvious connection to Hashem, from that revealed and active connection to Hashem, then the person falls into that category and it becomes as if Hashem is not watching over him, as if it's just like a general default Hashgach pratis. And according to this, we can understand better what Moshe and Aaron were arguing. And we'll understand why they use the term lechol basar, to all flesh. You see, what they were saying is as follows. They were making the argument that Hashem has to, quote-unquote, involve Himself. He has to, you know, get down to it and look into the details. Even though the natural order of things that Hashem shouldn't because they have sinned, and therefore they have detached Himself. What they were saying is as follows. Although all these people have now fallen into the category of Rishayim, of wicked, right? Even those who just you know, committed an offense, but since Hashem knows all the thoughts, and typically He knows all the thoughts, even of a non-Jew. A non-Jew hasn't sinned. A a regular person. We said that Hashem knows all the thoughts and Hashem has an active role, so to speak, in the divine providence over that person. If so, their argument is that certainly over a yid, who at the to begin with is more special a yid to begin with is connected to the she, the name of hashem not the name of nature of Elohim, but the name of yud Vafke. that there since a yid is connected there then even if the yid sinned even if the yid tore himself away a little bit from hashem and therefore would seem as every other human being to have to fall into the category that lower level of asgacha pratis still you should see that you should you you should you should you should look closer to them because still there is a difference between a yid and a goy. Again, the goy is governed always by Elokim. His guess is, he gets he receives his highest from Elokim, which is Teva. And therefore, so to speak, even on a good day, he is bound by nature. Okay, that 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 even in a good day, the divine providence over him, over a guy, is a very superficial, it's a very general one. It's like I said before, like the autopilot type of of Hachgach HaPratis. Whereas by a yid, it's always an interactive, it's a very connected, a very elaborate Hachgach HaPratis. Hashem closely watches over every single yid. And therefore, the argument is, even when the yid sinned, still they should be you know, actively look. actively look closely and see who it is, and this will help us understand something very interesting. We have the verses in Chumash Devarim, in Parshas Vayelach, which speak about you know the terrible things that will befall upon the Jewish people will fall befall upon us Chas if we don't follow Hashem's ways. And Moshe says over there that the starti I will hide my face from you in that day, and all these bad things will happen to you. Which seems to imply that Hashem Chas V'shalom will detach himself, and then they'll fall into the category, as we said before, of the divine providence, which is very superficial, which is not, you know, an actively uh, connected Heshkocha Prates, and therefore these things will happen to them. No, that's not the case. The Rebbe says, if you follow the words closely, what does it say there? It doesn't say, my face will be hidden from them. It says, I will hide my face. In other words, I will make the appearance. I will make it look like. I'll give the appearance that I am hidden from them. That is, as we know, in in Hasidic terms, this is how Shem HaShem, Shem HaVaya, Yudke Vavke, gets hidden or filtered. It gets so to speak, blo- uh, in cloth, in shema Lakim in nature. So, it, and the outside, it appears as nature. It appears as, you know, just natural occurrence. Things are happening to the Jewish people. But really, it's Hashem hiding behind it. And of course, according to this, we can understand what Moshe and Aaron were saying. True, they sinned. True, they committed an offense. But a Yid never gets fully detached from Hashem cannot get fully detached from Hashem, even when they're in a state that they are actively doing something which normally would seem to detach them from Hashem, or for sure, for a non-Jew, it would fully detach them from Hashem and throw them into a whole different category of Ashgach Pratis. However, a Yid can never fall out of the category of being a Yid and that connection to Hashem. And even if it seems that there is a detachment from the Divine Providence, it's only that it seems so. But you know, Hashem, that you are still actively looking at them. You're actively involved in the divine providence over each and every yid. And therefore, we ask you, Moshe and Aaron say, we ask you to apply it and not punish those that don't deserve the actual punishment, because they felt like, you know, perhaps these people were just coerced into it, they were dragged into it, but they were certainly not the masterminds, they were not the instigators, and therefore they try to defend them.